Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Jola Speaks series. So over the course of this week we have been discussing all that Jesus went through before the cross and we are going to add the cross and also what happened afterwards. And for me it's a very sobering series to, to see Jesus go through all these things and not even respond in anger or act out or you know send angels from above to save him from there or even save himself. He let he willingly submitted to the process. It's just such, such a powerful and amazing story of submission like that is deep and each day i'm just thankful for what he did because without this where would we be he truly showed that he did love each and every one of us to this story and i hope that as i go through you begin to fully grasp the love of god for you and you'll be able to fully understand a lot of things that have gone through you know normally people focus on the cross itself but there were so many that happened before the cross for his arrest till he got on that cross so much was done and today we're going to discuss the cross right we've gone through different parts of what happened before the cross now it is what happened when it got to the cross so i've got a reading from matthew 26 verse 32 to 44 so i'm going to read in a story but again with the bible scriptures and i will digress a bit i feel like the holy spirit wants to paint a picture of what really happened to jesus at that time and i pray that i'll be able to say it as he's leading me to say it in jesus name amen so i read at the end of the day it's about the love of god this is all about the love of god so i read as they were going out they met a man from Cyrene named simeon or simon and they forced him to carry the cross you know i always wonder how simon felt carrying that cross for jesus because i remember in matthew 16 verse 24 Jesus speaks about if anyone wants to follow him, they need to carry their cross. But Simon's cross was actually carrying Jesus' cross. In Luke's account of the crucifixion, he also referred that a large number of people followed him, including women, who mourned and waited and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us and to the hills cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when they are dry? That is so touching and that was just showing what he was going through at that time and let's move to verse 33 in matthew so it says they came to a place called golgotha which means the place of the skull there they offered jesus wine to drink mixed with gall but after tasting it he refused to drink it when they had crucified him they divided up his clothes by casting lots and seated down they kept watching over him there above his head they placed the written charge against him this is jesus the king of the jews and it was a, a mockery title as we know and in luke's account it also reads that after they crucified jesus jesus said father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing after everything guys he still said these words father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing so let's continue with them verse 36 in matthew so two rebels were crucified with him one on his right and the other on his left those who passed by hurled insults at him shaking their heads and saying you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days save yourself come down from the cross if you are the son of god 
Well, and this just reminds me of the devil's temptation in Matthew 4, when the devil said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down and let angels catch you. But thank God for Jesus' clear discernment. I said, no, you know, I don't have to prove myself to you, right? In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law and elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In Luke's account, right? It also says, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. You know, this reminds me of the devil's gimmicks. How he puts so many obstacles to prevent us from doing what God has in store for us to do. He makes his own way so tempting and hard to resist to distract us. Like how hard was it, I can imagine, for Jesus to just resist saying anything. It must have been extremely hard because they kept pushing him. The devil makes his way so tempting to distract us. So yeah, right, what he was doing was he was trying to stop Jesus from doing the will of the Father, which is clear trying so hard to frustrate him so that Jesus does not die in the, in the scripture. And he kept doing it to the very end. But even in this, devil still failed. He failed woefully. He knew that once Jesus dies, he's coming straight to hell to take the keys from him. And so he was doing everything possible to ensure that he doesn't get to that point. Just imagine what was going on in Jesus' mind at that point in time. He was human, right? In fact, I remember when Peter told Jesus that, ah, yeah, he will not die on the cross. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. He knew that he was going to suffer many things to be able to get to heaven, right? And, and resurrect and all that. What? He didn't say, no, you know what, God, make it, make it easy. He had to go through it. And he accepted going through and submitted to the process. But a lot of times we reject the process and say, God forbid, as we believe it is not the will of God because, you know, it doesn't feel easy. But life is in seasons. By doing this, but if, if we keep rejecting processes, how do we even grow in Christ or even learn? Verse 44. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. And if I add in Luke's account, it says, One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults on him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him and said, Don't you fear God? He said, Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. You know, that was an extremely wise thief, extremely wise person. That could, he could see it. Even though he was dying, he knew he was going to die. But he made the best of it, the, the last few moments of his life. And to close this out, as I've, you, have, you have heard me read, if you are ever doubting God's love for you, I hope I have been able to convince you that indeed Jesus loves you and me so much that he has gone through all these things for our sake and to ensure that the will of the Father is done. You know, he loves me and you so mind-blowingly. No love, no love can compare to his immense love for you. So thank you for listening today. We continue tomorrow with the death of Jesus the story around it god bless you and i love you and remember most importantly that jesus loves you and i thank you